0: Welcome to Predator Radio, your exclusive podcast channel for everything predator hunting related. Predator Radio is brought to us today by our sponsor, Predator Precision. Predator Precision offers a full line of thermal and night vision optics, as well as thermal accessories. Check them out on the web at www.predatorprecision.com. Hi, and welcome back to Predator Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Turner, and we have James Bostic with us today. This is actually part two. So if you're coming straight into this episode, please go back one, one episode um, and listen to uh, the part one. James has some really good stuff on calling. Um, we try to keep these episodes to an hour. So we kind of hit our time limit and we're rolling into episode two here. So James, you're still with us, right? Yep, I'm on this side, buddy. All right, thanks, thanks again for having me. So, <clears throat> in our previous episode, we were talking about stand setup and some of those funda- some of those things. But you brought up a, a good point on fundamentals. We may have kind of skipped over some basics. I, I know that uh, the guys have been doing this a while always take these things into consideration but since we're gearing these this first season of podcast towards newer people can you kind of touch on the fundamental things that uh are just going to overall help them and kind of some of the things to kind of always keep in mind i know know you have a certain set of uh, things that uh you you try to always keep in mind to increase your your odds
1: heck yeah buddy um so I think that um, all consistent coyote hunters or killers, basically, um, whether they know it or not, I think they're really paying attention to the fundamentals. And it's kind of like, uh, if you go out to the range and y- your grip on your gun, how tight it is in your shoulder, you might have a really good, um, you know, bullet and rifle combo. It might be capable of shooting, you know, sub half inch groups at a hundred yards, mm-hmm. but Depending on how you consistently hold and grip that rifle pull it into your shoulder. Are you following through with your trigger? Those basic fundamentals are going to determine whether that's going to be a half-inch gun or not You might be getting inch groups out of that that same rifle maybe inch and a quarter inch and a half Okay, depending on how you hold that rifle and you take two different guys And you put them on the same rifle and they'll be hitting a different point of impact on the target at 100 yards so one of the things that i, I really think is important is the, those fundamentals in coyote hunting i like to call them the three s's okay. it's sight scent and sound and and you could be doing everything right you could have you could be approaching your stands correctly you could be using the right sounds etc but if if a fella were to break those three fundamentals all of a sudden they're not getting good results and it gets confusing because you're like, where am I going wrong? What's going on here? So I think I think uh, every coyote hunter, um, if you're paying attention to uh, sight, can they see you? Are you visibly apparent? You know, do you? If you're day hunting, especially, do you blend in the shadows? You know, are you using uh, sh- um, kind of cover? You know, are you moving around? Those things, any visual cue um, in for sight, those coyotes see it and, and you're busted. I mean, right. they are particularly attuned to any kind of movement, anything that looks unnatural. You know, just like you and I, when we look out there for coyotes, we're looking for something in a field or whatever. We're looking for, for that particular shape or form. And and they're really good at noticing something that doesn't look right, you know, and movement especially, any kind of movement. So a lot of times, like with sight, you know, if you've got a decoy running, that can take their their focus off of you and may give you a little bit more room to move but when you're moving in the stand you know if you're taking sight into consideration it's like you know you don't want to be breaking skyline you don't want to be you know waving your arms around or having some you know your gun pointed way above your head and and you're moving around so anything further away from your center where you're moving is going to be moving that much more so um, you try to reduce those things as much as possible Um, sound is kind of the same way if you've got a a door that squeaks when you open it up and close it you know you just shut off your truck you know pull the key out don't let it go ding 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 you know make sure that key is out of there Mm -hmm. and when you open your door if you got it if it goes you know put some put some wd-40 or grease on that thing you know find ways to reduce any kind of noise if you've got a sling that that teams against your ar as you're walking or your rifle it it just makes a noise or or you've got you're wearing any kind of nylon where it's um, rubbing against each other as you're moving in the stand well those unnatural sounds are really going to get a coyote's attention if it's like you step on twigs you you can't help that other things are going to step on twigs but if you step and you make a really loud noise might be a good idea just to stop stop moving for a moment you know wait give it a good minute because if a coyote's out there and hears a sound, he might look in that direction. So if you just stop and hold really still, you know, he, he's going to lose interest at some point and go back to what he was doing. And so then you, then you keep moving. But that's not as big an offense as if you've got some unnatural sound out there. They're going to really be attuned to it, and they can hear it long ways off. So that sound is a fundamental. And then scent is probably the biggest one that guys don't uh, – um, that new guys struggle with. Um, and it's one thing that I, I, I pay attention to all the time. Like last night, my nephew and I were out, we had pretty good wind. It was starting to snow on us. And, uh, and we had these two coyotes come in and they, they, it's night. So, and we got pretty cowardly coyotes here. So they wanted to get downwind of us to put their nose on what was making that sound. I was running pup panic is one of my pup sounds mm-hmm. and it was distressed. And so they, want, they didn't want to come into it. So they weren't coming in for protection of uh, family, but they certainly were coming in for curiosity. And they, they kind of circled downwind to try to get their nose on, like, what is going on over there because they, can't, they couldn't see us. We got a new moon out. Um, there was just no visibility out there. So the only thing they had left um, since we took their sight away was scent and sound. And we were doing our job. Being quiet, setting up quietly, etc., getting the call out. And so, what did they do? They circled downwind, and they did. They were in deep brush. We couldn't get a, get a good shot on these things, and uh, they ended up uh, catching our scent and started moving out. And one of the coyotes, or the male, he got into this open area between some brush, and he stopped to t- 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 to relieve himself. And we did a we did a three uh three second countdown and both tapped them at two ninety seven. And uh but awesome. they were leaving 'cause they they got our scent. And uh so if if a guy pays attention to those things, I, I think it's really critical. If if you could learn all sorts of advanced calling, to learn you could have all the best gear, you could have really good property, but if these three fundamental things are are, are um are are causing issues for you um you're going to be it's going to drive you crazy so if you pay attention to that it's really important and and scent is one of those things i'm gonna i'm gonna take two seconds just talk about this scent guys think scent travels in a straight line and it does not you know i think that's i've even tried to explain it to to guys that are experienced hunters and they think if the wind's blowing say from left to right say nine o'clock to three o'clock position well that they think well then three o'clock is where my scent's going well it's not it's really going maybe from one o'clock or one thirty, all the way down to maybe four thirty. Right. okay it, it kind of starts whiting it out it's, that's why they call it a scent cone it's kind of like a shape of a triangle yep. but the thing is it doesn't always travel in a straight line it's like water so if you've got um obstacles in the way uh, just imagine that you know there's a stream with a rock in it and 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 so, you were to to pour some like some colored ink or something in the water. Well, it's going to go. It's going to follow that current. But as soon as it hits that rock, what's it going to do? Well, it's going to go around to the right or to the left of it. Right. It's still going to keep going in the direction it's headed, but it's going to start moving and transition around things. And uh, like if you've got a gully and the air is cool that that day or that night, a cold air travels down. So if you've got a gully. And your scent is going here, say to the, your one thirty to four, and there's a gully over there that cuts off and goes maybe to the twelve o'clock position. Well, your scent is going to dr- get drawn down with that cool air down into that gully, and it's going to start moving, uh, moving to the twelve o'clock position.
0: Right, absolutely.
1: So I think uh, when guys are looking at um, scent, sight, and sound, it's just it's just one of those really fundamental things that even after all these years of coyote hunting, I am totally aware of it on every single stand. And I, I think it's the one it's, it is the critical difference um, to success or not, because if, if we aren't following those things and really carefully on every stand, um, we, we tend to have worse results.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And one of the things I tell people, when we're talking about scent is uh, like with my background, I've been a canine cop for 23 years and own a company that trains police dogs. So for 20 years now I've been training dogs to hunt people, whether it's search and rescue, criminal apprehension, or that type thing. So we Mm -hmm. really get into the science of teaching a dog to find a person. And something to remember is, excuse me, Odor is proportionate to source. So we get into that with drug dogs, bomb dogs, you know, that type of thing. But it, it also carries over to a human. So when you have, say you're hunting a tournament that has three people, you want to keep in mind you're producing three times the amount of odor than somebody like me that usually hunts by myself. So yep. yeah, um, odors proportionate to source and is going to follow the absent of mechanical means the wind is going to follow the path of least resistance, just like you were talking about the ink in the river. I um, mean, it's, it, it's going to flow like that. Um, so I'm kind of a firm believer in, and I think I've talked about it in a previous episode is stacking all of the little things in your favor. So mm-hmm. I, I would admit I'm not the fanatic that is big into scent lock and um, descenting my, hunting clothes and all of that. (laughs) Um, I I don't have, I don't have the scent free soap or anything like that that I use, but I do, um, little things. I I do not put air fresheners in my truck. Um, I do, I, I, you know, I I don't wear cologne or anything like that, obviously when I'm hunting. So I, I believe there's a happy median in everything in, in scent, you know, um, I know people really preach on it, but I nighttime hunt um, and I take most of my stuff between two and 400 yards. So I'm hoping that I take stuff before it can get in close enough because I'm, you know, when you're out there by yourself or maybe one more person with you, you're not dropping a whole lot of odor. Um, I, what do you think? I personally feel like sight and sound. You've got a lot less margin for error. I, I almost feel, I know people say everything revolves around scent. Um, and, and I understand where they're coming from, but I really feel like if they see you or especially hear you, or like you were talking about an unnatural sound, do you agree that those things are far less forgiving?
1: It depends. It depends on your population. If, if, they're, if they've got people out in yards and things like that and are working on ranches and what have you, so they see people. And they're not being shot at well, then it's not as big a deal if you get seen okay so if you're out on a ranch or something and guys are out there shoeing shoeing their um, their horses and they're they're trimming their their calves and tagging them and what have you The thing is is if they're seeing people out there and they're not being harassed by them then they're not so concerned with seeing you so it just really it really depends on your situation and i think a guy has to know what his environment holds and how the coyotes respond you know if visually they aren't perturbed by people um, then you're probably not going to have that big a time new coyotes especially say pups okay so you're going into fall and you got that season's litter is starting to respond to calls, et cetera
0: mm-hmm.
1: sometimes they'll see a person that they don't even know what they are mm-hmm. yet
0: that's why we call them dumb
1: bums. they're totally <laughs> yeah, and that's why you know a lot of guys are are killing coyotes early fall, you know they're they're cleaning out the stupid ones, so to speak, yep. but uh, as the season goes, they're just getting more and more educated right because they've had more encounters with humans, et cetera so yeah, I do think that uh that 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 sound and 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 sight are two things that are going to bust you i think what happens is a lot of guys take care of those i think that's the that's the kind of like the crazy thing about scent is if you're if guys think about sound they think about not being seen right but they don't think about where their scent's going so that's why i think that one is really critical to pay attention to because it's and, and the wind can roll around. That's the, that's the other really annoying thing. You know, you've been on those stands where you set up your call. You had maybe the wind, like say it's coming from the 12 o'clock position. You put out your, your call at the 12 o'clock and you come back and, and you're sitting there, you start calling. And all of a sudden you feel the wind on your left cheek.
0: <laughs> all right.
1: Well, now your scent. sent. You got to think about, okay, where did my scent go? Okay, And what areas now do I have to pay attention to? Because, uh, you know, if a coyote gets in, your your scent lingers a long time. Just because it rolled over to your left side doesn't mean that the coyotes on your six, you know, 15 minutes later, they're still going to, you know, have your scent, uh, uh, you know, where they can pick it up. Their noses are so incredible. I'll give you one beautiful example. My my brother and I, we were out – south of uh, Castleford, and uh there's this huge haystack out there and and we got out there and all of a sudden we had this front move in and the wind i'm kidding you not it was probably 25 25 miles an hour with gusts up to 35 40 miles an hour and so we sheltered in on the side of this uh, haystack to, to get out of the wind even though we're getting some of that crap in our face and we start start calling really loud to push that sound into the wind, and we're we're kind of like looking at this field, um, say, at our 12 o'clock position. Well, I always scan my six, and I'm looking down off here to my nine o'clock position, and there's two coyotes, and I can see them. They're coming along the edge of this field about 900 to 1,000 yards away, and I'm watching them, and they're they're coming down, they're coming down, coming down, and all of a sudden, the lead coyote was probably 30, 40 yards in front of the, the, the secondary, and it checks up. I can see it lift its head in the air. It's probably about 700 yards at this point, and the wind's blowing like crazy, and I'm thinking there's no way. We, we made no sound. We're totally in the, in, like, you can't see us, and that thing lifts its head and starts turns around and starts going back the way it came at a, at a quick pace. And the other coyote looks it past the other coyote and the other coyote looks at him like, where are you going? (laughs) And it keeps, so it keeps coming. It keeps coming to right. Almost to the exact same point that other coyote caught our scent and it lifts its head and it's gone too. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I could not even believe it. I mean, um, because the wind was blowing so hard. I just thought, there you know it's got to be pushing that scent up or i mean there, there's no way but they totally caught our scent and that was that you know and uh i didn't figure we were going to bring them in anyway they were too far out there but the fact is is that they scented us in in the middle of the night uh, you know a totally dark night there's no way they heard us and and they caught our scent and left the area it just blew
0: my mind yeah, and that and that kind of explains, I think you <clears throat> spoke earlier on the scent cone. You know, if people can kind of picture a, um, a triangle and the point, the top point of the triangle being the source of odor. If there's mm-hmm. light wind, your scent cone is going to be wide and not as deep, right? And mm-hmm. then... As you're explaining with your scent cone, with the wind picking up, your scent cone is going to be considerably more narrow. But as I said earlier, odor is proportionate to source. So you're giving off the same amount of odor regardless of what the environmental conditions or the wind is. So in, in in the police canine world, we talk about a scent or I'm sorry, a narrow or a wide scent cone. And it's the same thing with hunting. What you basically explained was a narrow scent cone. So the wind was blowing and it made that triangle much more tall and skinny. But when you do that, you're pushing it out considerably further. And mm-hmm. I think people don't really, you know, think about that as much that, uh, that really makes sense when you talk about that and how far out they, they smelled that because when the wind picks up, it narrows that scent code down. You still have the same amount of original source odor, whether it be one or two people. Yeah. And pushes it out like that. That's a neat, uh, yeah. neat example. Did you get that on video by chance? Were you recording when you did that?
1: No, it wasn't. I, I didn't. I had a, which unit was I using back then? I think uh, we were on a handheld and using the Pulsar DFA uh, 75. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, the digital Ford attachment 75. It was a, a nice little night vision unit. And, uh, but um, recording was all off. Off uh, external, light. that would have been and, neat to uh, <laughs> <catch>. <laughs> yeah. That was touch and go. Those <laughs> days were touch and go with the external recording. Oh my goodness gracious! Yeah. I'd get home. I think I have some beautiful footage, and I would plug it in, and nothing. Yeah. And plus with the with the night vision for me to get out. I don't think you know we didn't have anything like the coyote cannon back then to to really broadcast light that sure. far. Um, so even with the recorder, we'd have never been able to see them. I could see them through thermal, but the the recording unit now no chance and but that's why i love thermal i mean that's i think really just the amount of information you can get from coyotes um their body language how they're responding etc it just is invaluable um i love it it's 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 one of those things that uh i i I don't think i could go back to just using night vision and i love night vision night vision is a beautiful technology but um, the amount, just being able to see them more rapidly and identify, you know, depending on your optic, how how clear it is and, you know, what kind of resolution you've got and how many microns your unit's set up for. Um, I'm using a Halo uh, LR right now by Envision, and it's, I, I don't know that I could go back to some of my older optics because they just keep improving the technology, you know, it's like the Trijicon units are really good. And once you've gotten accustomed to using that for detection and identification, going back to a unit where it's harder to detect and harder to identify, it it, it it's, it's it's almost hard,
0: impossible yeah. to do that. I, I think you get. Yeah,
1: I warn guys: don't ever look through those scopes unless you know unless you're ready to be disappointed with what you own, or you're ready to purchase because it's yeah. it it can it just can kill you
0: it's funny because i ran a fleur for a long time <clears throat> and i still have a couple of them i use them as uh 536s i use them as handheld scanners but what's funny is is i i upgraded to a uh, halo lr as well absolutely love it um but Me what, what's funny is is i'm lucky that um i've got a very supportive wife of of the hobby and even though she doesn't, <laughs> even though she doesn't like to shoot, she, uh, as, as long as it's not super cold, she loves to tag along and scan with me. And, and it always helps to have a, a second set of eyes. And with hunting f- four does. to five nights a week, um, I gotta tell you, I'll, I'll put my wife up against anybody when it comes to scanning and identifying what's what, cause she, she's just put so many hours in it that she's gotten really good at it. But what's funny is she uses a five. One of my extra five thirty sixes to scan with. Well, when I first got my Halo, before I got it, I I, I called a buddy of mine, uh, Branch Shousely. I said, Branch, man, you're running a Halo. I just want to make sure. Am I going to be happy with it? And you know, do you like yours? And he said, Yep. You you know, you're going to like it. Don't worry about it. He said, uh, I'll tell you now though. When you get it, you're going to look back through that five thirty six and you're going to start messing with it, thinking something's wrong. Like you're gonna get into settings and mess with it because it's just not gonna <laughs> yep. look right. So when I got my Halo and uh, started running it, my wife looked through it. And I I bet I had the thing for two or three days before she looked through it. If I should look through it, she's like, "Well, what the hell?" And she she looks back <laughs> through hers and she's like, "Well, I think mine's broken." Oh. She's like, "Everything looks fuzzy." Oh and before the five thirty six is a great unit. I killed tons yeah. of stuff with it yeah, and it's, it's detection terrific. range is great. It's just, it's different. And we're going to do a, uh, we're going to do a whole episode on uh, thermal technology and explaining, uh, the microns and cores and resolution size, palette size, you know, the, the difference between like the 12 micron units and the 17s and the, the, the 384s and the 640s and we're going to kind of do another episode that's going to get into the meat and bones of that but uh nice it's i yeah. think it
1: needs to happen because a lot of guys are there's so so many um variables when you're looking at those thermals that that really determine whether a guy's going to be happy with that unit depending on his conditions and the environment and how he hunts and uh Absolutely. you know um just because you don't need, you don't, I, I'm sorry, you don't need a Halo LR to kill coyotes. I mean, I was using the old XD-75A back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, man, that thing worked. You don't even need night vision or, I mean, all you need is a good an optic where you can identify what you need to shoot and uh, and, and shoot it and something Absolutely. that that holds point of impact i mean i think those are critical that you got an option that does that but yeah. it, there's no doubt that um a guy that loves coyote hunting and does a lot of it and and especially these night hunting boy, um the technology out there it, it's really come to a point where um it, it just provides an incredible advantage as far as uh, identifying and detecting your game out there and no one the difference between a deer popping its head up over stage, maybe 150 yards versus a coyote, right. you know, instead of sitting there wondering, God, is that a coyote? Is that a deer? What? What is that? You know? And uh, so that is a whole nother thing though. But that's not why we right, were on the phone right. today, but boy I could talk about that all night yeah. too.
0: <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to pick your brain on, and I know we touched a little bit on it earlier the episode where we were talking about aversions and that type of thing but i wanted to pick your Mm -hmm. brain on how to call educated coyotes um meaning basically a a stand that you've been either maybe somebody else has called there you've Mm -hmm. called there and missed or um whatever has educated the coyote. when i say educated coyote for listeners if 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 the coyote's been educated that something bad has happened and paired it with that sound. And we kind of explained that, but what we didn't get into is how to overcome that. Um, I know you with bet. I know with your, um, with your sound packs, you have, I think it's death music uh, where you have the slaughter pack, the carnage pack and annihilation at the third one. And yep. Yep. And, and you have a ton of different sounds so I'd like you to kind of touch on, I think the, the variety of sounds you have may have something to do with uh, uh, what people can use for for uh, working those educated coyotes. But can you kind of touch on, on how a person overcomes that? You bet. Um, well, I think
1: one of the things that this is, I hear this everywhere man, our coyotes are harder to hunt than anywhere else in the nation. Oh, the (laughs) the West is so much easier to hunt coyotes. You know, oh, no, um, Pennsylvania, probably the hardest area to hunt. And now I'm not going to dogging these guys. I'm I'm serious. There are some areas where coyotes are tough. You got more hunters out there. The more guys out there going after them, the harder it's going to be. And um, this industry, and just in the last decade, I've watched um, this go from – being something that almost I won't say nobody did, but it wasn't like it is today where everybody is out predator hunting, I think uh, social media really has brought it to um, you know a spotlight on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got some good people out there producing videos and getting guys interested, and uh, you've got good equipment out there. And so the sport has kind of taken off. And so in the last decade, um, coyotes have actually gotten harder. And harder to kill, or to call, I should say. I won't say to kill, but to definitely to call. I've noticed a difference. It was a lot easier a decade ago for me to call in coyotes than it is now. And so th- I think that's really why it's important. Like I'm always paying attention, to try to refine my processes and improve things because um, I think there's a couple things going on. And uh, I'm gonna. I know that I'm gonna. This is kind of a long way around answering your question, uh, but um, coyotes for one is there's more guys out doing it. So what happens is they're, they're, they're just being educated on sounds. And that's why I still make my own sounds. I, I never made them for other people. I, I always made them for myself. It's just by happenstance that a couple guys got my sounds and, and went out and they were, uh, one was, uh, Zach Sims, um, out in Carolinas. And then we had, uh, you know Tim McCarthy up in Wisconsin, and I, I just happened to be BSing with him, and I shared my sounds with him, and they started using them and, and started getting success. And I think the thing is is that yeah, it's it's not always that it's a, a good sound. And although I try to produce quality sounds, um, I think the thing is is that is it a sound those coyotes have heard or not because right. we're triggering the same motivations we're still trying which we talked about in the last episode you're trying to trigger those motivations so if you have sounds that trigger those motivations then you're more apt to bring those coyotes in okay and if it sounds they've already heard if everybody's running a fox pro in your area man you might pick up a lucky duck then you know right. get some new sounds rick Pilet's got some beautiful sounds um You know, you might grab some of Tony's sounds there's There's a lot of good guys out there making sounds, and I think it's important to have good diversity because if you're if you're trying to get educated coyotes, the best thing you can do is not play what everybody else has been playing. Right. It really is really critical to success, and I will hold back sounds uh, I'll be test, I always test out my sounds. I hate to release any kind of sound that i I'm not sure gets the result that I'm looking for. And if it doesn't, I come back, I rework it, I try to figure out why it's not producing, you know, because I've got a pretty good ear for it now. I've been doing this for quite a while. But um the fact is is every once in a while I have some frequencies up above twenty thousand hertz. And coyotes can hear way above those frequencies that we can hear. And the downside is a lot of calls, they might only play up to like depending on the speaker or horn they've got, they might uh, only play up to a certain frequency or they might play frequencies above what you can hear so um if you can't hear it it doesn't mean a coyote can't right. and and so my uh studio headphones here i think they only go to twenty thousand hertz so i remember i was playing the sound and these coyotes um were not coming in i mean it was having a really a negative impact i'm playing the sound i'm watching them and their body language is just all getting wiggy and i'm like what is going on here <laughs> and i I brought that sound to rework it, and I look up in the higher frequency, about 24,000 hertz. I had some, there was some um, some little spikes in my sound all through it, and I, I couldn't hear what it was. I mean, I, I, it sounded good to me, so I went and cleaned that out. I went back out in the field and played it, and sure enough, um, I was bringing Kyle's with that sound. So, um, but the thing is, is having fresh sounds... Um, and not overplaying them. Go back to sounds you didn't use. If you've if you got educated coyotes and you think, hey, you know, I've never played woodpecker, try it. Right. You know, if, if everybody's playing rabbit, the last thing you want to be doing is being out there playing rabbit, unless they're getting success on it. Okay? If it's a hot, really hot sound right now, then play it. But the more guys playing the same rabbit sounds, the more apt you are to fire that up and have those coyotes not come in. Or or actually leave your field. Okay. So I think uh, it's really wise to have a diverse um, kind of sound list. Organize it to your best for your ability, and uh, and and listen to them. A lot of guys will just you know, and it maybe not. Sometimes you're just out there. You're like, I don't know what this sound is. I've never played it before. Try it. Right. I mean, yeah. all it's you've good. got to lose is a coyote, right? right? So it's not a big deal. But you may find that that's a really good sound in your area. And it's one that not a lot of guys are using. So um, I, I recommend that guys uh, really just um, explore what they've got and try to uh, broaden it as much as possible and then get out there and see what their coyotes are responding to. And uh, educated coyotes um, really are educated on the sound you're playing. So I think that's why I keep making sounds. I, I, I was, i really never ma- was making them for anybody else i just i just tried to add to the diversity of my call uh, so to speak and then uh it just happened that just that, that they were really good and the rest off. of us wanted in on it yeah they went off <laughs> yeah went off to the left and next thing you know i'm selling sounds and i really only when i started doing this i really only thought like maybe five guys that were hardcore would buy, buy my sounds i never never planned on anything like this happening so but i think it just goes to show that there is a demand for good sounds and especially the guys that are hunting a lot you know that are out there really serious about coyote hunting um and it matters to them that those are the guys that sometimes they spend some crazy amount of money on sounds and uh and i totally get it because I uh I like having as as much diversity on my call as I possibly can. And those factory sounds, they just get hammered, dude. Yeah. I mean, everybody and their dog gets those sounds, so they're out playing those. So you know, scour the web. There's good there's some free sounds out there, you know. Uh you know. The the guy that picks the most cherries is is the guy that's gonna have the most cherries at the end. Right. So I always say you know, the more sounds you've got on your call probably the more effective you're going to be out there uh, as long as you don't just keep hammering the same sounds over and over and over. All
0: right. So I've never asked you, do you use hand calls much in your sets or do you, you use them at all?
1: I always take one with me. <clears throat> so, you know, and here's the thing, these calls are so reliable anymore right. that it's almost not necessary. When I have my Fox Pro, I use an outlaw and, and there's a reason why it's a no line of sight call it works at really good distances. I'm out here in the West. We got some, I've got some big fields I hunt. And so, um, you know, with my Fox pro I go set that, the most I could do is 70, 76 paces. And I had to have a clear line of sight to that call. So either I had to put it on a tripod, get it up above the alfalfa or cheap grass, or yeah. sage or whatever. And it was just one more thing to carry. I got the outlaw and I can just go drop it in the sage out to 250, 300 yards and hit the button and it plays. But I used to always carry all my calls. I mean, I used to have a whole, you know, a lanyard full of them around my neck when I had my fox crow because I'd set that out there. And then I'd go back <laughs> and, and set up work. my stand. I hit the play button and it just nothing. And I'd hit yeah. it again and nothing. And I'd just be like, oh, my gosh. So now I either got to go walk back out there, reposition it, or I just start using my hand calls. Yeah. So and I also like uh, a really loud like rabbit. Um, personally, because if I'm hunting a uh, big open desert, um, with the outlaw, it's loud enough. I mean, they're just, they've got some really good loud calls, a shockwave, the CS24, you know, um, the, the lucky duck calls, they're all loud enough anymore. I, I almost don't need to take them. So I, I only take one with me just in case see, my battery dies on stand, yeah. I still have an option.
0: Gotcha. Well, the reason I was so. asking is I know sometimes people will switch to them with educated coyotes, Um, oh yeah they'll switch to them and i uh i'm I'm lucky enough a lot of people have heard of jd pyatt who creates Mm -hmm. sounds for icotech and um i i he lives here close to me we're friends and i'm lucky enough to be able to hunt with him on a somewhat regular basis and he's another person it's just a a wealth of knowledge but it's really cool one of the first times i went hunting with him I took them to one of my spots that has probably the most educated coyotes out of any of my spots. And it's one of those spots that I've over the past probably three years, I've probably killed 30, 35 coyotes out of this property. And there's at least another 30 in there. Um, There's cattle around and they just feed on the carcasses and, it's just an unending supply of coyotes, but they're really educated. It's really hard. You go in there and you call and they just start challenge barking at you. And, um, and it's, it's neat. So I thought, man, I'm going to, JD's one of the best callers that I've ever come across. So I'm going to take him there. And it was funny. We, we parked and we walked back there and, and, uh, I said, man, this, this is going to be how we're going to, how we're going to, how I'm going to learn how to call educated coyotes. And he ran through, I swear it was everything on his call. And he said, hold on, I got to walk back to the truck. And he goes back to the truck and gets this <laughs> lanyard with a bunch of calls on it and starts going through hand calls. And we ended up not pulling anything out of there. But you could see him through the thermal start coming. Like they were, resp- they were so educated, they knew not to step out in the open. But I literally watched those hand calls work. Like he started doing stuff yeah. that, and, and if you think about it, like he explained it. Um, you can't really make this exact same sound twice, you know. Like, it's, yeah. it's just it's different. And like uh, you were talking about, you know, I don't know if it if it tripped their curiosity or or mm-hmm. what, but I think sometimes if that's another solution that if uh, if all else fails, I always carry. A, um, I'm no good with diaphragms, um, but I I can work an open read a little bit. So I always carry a couple different open reads and a little horn and I've had some luck with, with that, with, with educated coyotes. Um, and I think just like you've said, it's, if it's something different.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely, I definitely concur with that. I think, uh, out here, you know, there's there's a lot of guys that have pride in hand calling. They don't want to use electronic call. Um, yeah. I think one of the disadvantages I see, uh, of hand calls for me personally is that it puts uh, coyotes are crazy good at geolocating right. anything that's right. making sound yep. and you know and i remember one stand in particular i put my call out it was about 60 yards in front of me i had a crosswind and um it was just a new moon night uh, there was snow on the ground and i was running a tony tibby's uh cottontail candy at that time mm-hmm. and I I mean, I started scanning, I, I, I ran the call, I, I let it go quiet, I turn and look, and there's two coyotes just charging, there's snow on the ground, they're charging across this field, they're about 450 yards away, and since I'd already gone quiet, I just left it quiet, because I thought, well, let's just wait until they check up, then I'll hit it again, well, no, I watched them, they they charged all the way in straight to my call, 450 yards straight to my call, one dang near ran right over it he just he passed it he turns around he caught my scent he starts trying to get out of there the other one's still coming in i mean and it just blew me away how well they geolocate and so that's why i typically prefer a um an electronic call myself is that sure. i can i can strategically set up my sand, move that sound um away from me um and then it allows me to then kind of like herd my coyotes into particular shooting lanes sure. because yeah. sometimes we only have certain lanes with sage where I've got a gap through here. And I'm thinking, okay, if I put my call here, they're gonna, if they come from this side, they're gonna wanna circle around and, and they're gonna have to pass through this little open gap here. I'm gonna bark, stop them and shoot right there, yeah. you know? And so I'll pick that out. But if I'm calling from where I am, then all of a sudden they're moving to a different location. So I really uh, and a guy can do it both ways, and I do think it's really smart. Any any sound that they haven't heard before, it just helps a guy. It gives them an edge in the field. So I think knowing how to use diaphragms, um, I really love diaphragms for the way they make uh, pup distress and coyote vocals are really good. I prefer that over horns and uh, and open read or closed read calls. Um, as far as prey distress, I, I personally I prefer like open read or closed read calls. Um, They just sound really nice and and they're incredibly effective. So, but yeah, I think uh, definitely you're communicating with those coyotes. That's what we're doing. You're you're sending out a sound. You're trying to trigger a motivator. And um, if you're sending something they've already heard and have an aversion to, like you were discussing earlier, well, then you've just reduced your odds of bringing in those coyotes. So anything you can do to create a fresh, new, a sound that is going to trigger one of those motivators, you're more like more apt and more likely to bring them in.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's a good point. Also, can you kind of touch on, you know, we, we, you talked briefly about call placement and getting that sound source away from you. Um, one thing I kind of learned that I didn't think of till partway through was Placing the electronic call. Like I would just throw the call out in the direction I wanted to shoot. I didn't necessarily. Then it was explained to me that you place the call based on where you want to draw the coyote in. Can you kind of just touch real quick on placement of the call and like how you use that to draw? Like you talked about a certain shooting lane and that type of thing. Because I think a lot of people think it's as simple as, you know, throw the call Upwind and wherever, point it wherever. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. It's, uh, I, I really, whenever I set a stand, I'm always trying to determine where I want those coyotes to come, and and they always surprise me. I mean, a lot of times they'll come from a different, totally different spot than I thought they would, but as long as I know where my shooting lanes are and I, I know where my scent's going, then. Um, being able to place my call gives me an advantage and I'll hunt crosswinds. A lot of guys want to hunt with the wind right in their face. I just don't always think that's the best, um, best situation. Sometimes it is, but on a particular piece of property, a crosswind might work better, you know? So if I'm hunting a crosswind, I'm always trying to put my call upwind of me though. Right. Because if I'm walking across the wind, I'm spreading my scent out there. So, like, I'm always going to walk and place my call in the direction of the wind. And I'm always going to come into my stand based on, like, the wind. I'm, you know, if I'm thinking I'm going to have coyotes coming from a particular position, I'm not going to walk across and spread my scent down in that area. So I'm always going to drive in. You know, I'm always there's a cool um, app called Windy.com and it works on Android phones and, uh, I iOS phones. Mm. And it's probably the best tool I've ever used for looking at the wind direction. It, it is absolutely essential. I, I, I used to use an online app and, um, and just go, and it just showed every hour. It just kind of had arrows pointing where the wind's going, you know, uh, south South, South, Southeast or whatever. And, uh, Man, I'd get in these positions, and I'd have wind circling around me, and, and, and just I'd be in a low-pressure zone, and and I'd have wind at my face and then wind at my back, and it was just <laughs> driving me crazy. I'd drive 45 miles and hope that this area was a little better, right. and uh, so that app really is a terrific tool, um, but uh, but I used the wind and and the knowledge of the property and it's kind of nice getting out there because um and looking at that property when you're not going to hunt you know it's a good idea because then you know where those little gullies are that those coyotes might duck into and travel and you're not going to be able to see them and then they're going to pop up over here you know and so that that way if your scent's going in a particular direction you know okay they're going to try to get down in that gully there i know there's a gully or a little ditch or what have you and so i think sometimes if uh, your knowledge of the property really can give you a serious advantage uh, when when going after coyotes but placing the call away from me um, some guys um, i've heard like to place the call um, behind them okay and now and and i've heard guys say well that's just crazy why would you do that well i'll give you a perfect example um, i've got this property where this this coyote It just it it, either there was a territorial issue or whatever. I couldn't. I'd have a tough time getting in on him. So if I left the call back closer to the fence and I walked in about 200 yards um, in front of my call and I started running it, he'd pop his head up and then I just shot him in the head. (laughs) you know, but if I stayed back, he'd just pop his head up and he'd be back down and you couldn't ever get a shot. The way that it, the, the way that kind of train curved, it was kind of a sloping hill and it kind of curved. And so, you know, I knew he was back there, but I just could never get a shot on him. So I put left the call behind me. I moved in forward position. I got set up and then I started running that call. He pops his head up. I had a 45 yard shot on his head end of the game. So there's lots of things you can do with an electronic call that I think, um, and that's why I really love the technology, and, and I prefer it over hand calls. Um, I do use hand calls to make some of my sounds, obviously, and uh, if I want a fresh sound, I'll, I'll pull them out, but I tend to lose those damn things in the field, honestly. When I used to take my, my calls out, I don't know how many hand calls and diaphragms ended up out in the field somewhere. <laughs> it just drove me nuts. So now most of the time I leave them at home just take one with me and, and uh, call it good. But I think setting your call is just a matter of looking at the terrain, trying to figure out where you think your your scent is going to go when you're taking that, that call out there, okay, because you don't want to have your scent spread everywhere. And then what, what are my shooting lanes going to be? And where do I want to broadcast my sound? Because you're going to turn that, your speaker, your horn, um, in a direction where you want most of your sound to go. So if you're thinking, I, I want to, I'm really, you know, I want to call, I, I think there are coyotes maybe way out there, um, 800, 900 yards out in that direction or a quarter mile or half a mile out there. Well then I might face my, my horn in that direction, but I, I usually have it pointed away from me, not towards me, but I might move it, you know, right or left, depending on where I want to broadcast most of my sound.
0: Neat. Okay. Well, that helps. Um, what else kind of in summary for the new person getting into this? Um, I know we covered a lot in these two episodes. Um, We covered a lot of the, you know, what motivates uh, the coyotes to move um, electronic hand calls and that type of thing. But overall to kind of summarize, what's the, what's the short version you give to someone when they say, Hey, I want to, I want to learn to call better. Um, I know nothing beats experience and getting out there and trying it and watching what makes a difference, but what's the kind of tricks? um, You know, I, so I hear some people say, you know, call soft and stay there a while and this and that, but what's your Mm -hmm. general advice for the new person that's, that wants to just call better?
1: Just pay attention. I, I think the biggest thing is pay attention to what you're doing pay attention to, to what, I mean, because at first it's going to be really confusing to figure out like, okay, why was this stand successful? And the last four work, I I think I was doing the same thing. Okay. So I think it's really important first is to pay attention to, to everything that you're doing. Okay. And then you, when you have that successful stand, you know, it could be that, um, you 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 would have been successful on the other stands it could have been that those stands were successful you just hit it you had coyotes territorial so don't beat yourself up i I try to tell them you guys listen don't beat yourself up when if you're not getting good results you know stay with it stay tenacious it's the guys that persevere you know and they they start finding their rhythm you know, nobody learns to freaking uh, dance, especially white people, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, the first time they hit the dance floor. It it takes a while to find your groove. And uh, so the more you do it, the more natural it becomes, the the more you're going to start to see what falls into place and what works and what doesn't. And you may go like four hours from where you hunt and find you have to readjust your way of hunting a little bit because those coyotes respond differently that it's not like um like i'm really successful with my coyotes here in this area i know them incredibly well so know your coyotes uh get to know them you can't get to know them by not being out in the field though and you've got to be out there you know going after them and and the last thing i think is to say don't overplay your sounds okay guys that just go out there and just hit the button and they play an hour straight of nonstop. <laughs> sounds just really, um, have, have in a lot of ways probably educated those coyotes. Yeah. Cause even after they've gone, those coyotes are probably going to come in after you've le- after they've left, they're going to smell the, those guys' scent yeah. and they're going to connect those two things together. Yeah. And so, because a lot of guys, they have coyotes there. They just don't know they're there. Yeah. I, I think that happens to a lot of fellas. They, they actually had a successful scan, stand, they just didn't see the coyote. Right you know they're they're really good at blending in yeah and that falls back to the
0: technology you're using and the old adage I tell people the biggest thing I tell people is don't get discouraged I mean yeah like I say I hunt five nights a week and I went the entire month of I think it was of June or July of 2018 might have been that I didn't put a single coyote in the truck like i'm not really embarrassed to say i just i didn't get anything for the whole month and it was starting to get discouraging um so i tell people don't get discouraged and the other thing is you can't call what's not there so Mm -hmm. if you absolutely if you go into a if you go into two three four stands and you're just not hearing anything or seeing anything you can't get too discouraged because you know these things move around like I I chalk it up to there's just no coyotes here. And yeah.
1: Oh, and there's another thing a guy can do is if you got some free time, go out at at dusk or dawn and just drive your truck, you know, leave your call in your truck. You know, you're driving from point A to point B, you know, look at your 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 hunting map, find some locations that you think look good. And then just if you're going there, dusk or dawn, grab your call Get out of your truck, turn it off, and, and do do a location howl, you know do a you know if, if sirens work in your area run a siren if uh, interrogation howls tend to get response run them you know just pull over to the side of the road pull that horn out pr- crank that volume up and hit that call and then let it go quiet and listen yeah you know That's a very good and point. then run it again you know do wait a minute run it again wait a minute run it again. You know, it takes three minutes to do that and then mark anything you you hear on your map. And then, you know, you can drive another mile or two and and do it again, you know, or go to the next area or just the next time you're out. But um, knowing where the coyotes are absolutely is critical. It's because if they're not there, they're not there. You call to your hearts to life. You know, it's going to be a long stand, a lot of time wasted if the coyotes aren't running there. You know, and uh, I always like uh, those that have sheep or cattle. You know, I always find coyotes near those. So I'm, when I'm out scanning, a lot of times I'll—that's where we stop. We were running a, this guy's property, and and what we were doing was we were looking at where the cattle accumulated, and that's my nephew and I. We had never been down that road before, and there was a—I like to hunt those. I told you long fields that have sage or have a growth you know, mm-hmm. because that's where coyotes move, and so we just set up there, and uh, sure enough, we had two come in, and and we'd never been on that property before, that particular stretch of land, but there were cattle out there, and, and so, you know, just kind of pay attention to what your coyotes uh, tend to do, and uh, I think if a guy, the more guy pays attention to what he's doing and where his successes are, especially, and learns the coyotes in his area, uh, the more success he's going to have. Well, that's Just, awesome.
0: That's you know good stuff. Um so in kind of in closing, um boss predator acoustics, boss death music, how can people find you? How can they see I know you have a list of the sounds and the sound packs on uh Facebook? Is is it on your website as well? And I know you have a YouTube you know, channel. How can people get a hold yeah.
1: of you? Oh, well, hey, man, I appreciate that. Well, um, we've been using Facebook mainly. That's how it started. And uh, we actually created a website. But unfortunately, you know, I'll be straight with you. I'm not big on code. Uh, We made the website. We got a lot of work done. And then we found out that they want us to do the security. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my host provider um, is requiring that. So now we're trying to port that over to Um, another provider that does all the security in-house because it's really important to me If somebody's paying me money that their information secure that they put in their credit card number they don't have to worry about it getting out there so we've kind of just we've got the boss and it's we're going to open up two businesses actually I'm taking the sound money on because I love thermal and night vision we're going to be opening up uh, we're going to be selling thermal and night vision and accessories the things that I think actually um that i find advantageous to use in the field uh those are the things that i want to sell the things that i have faith in so right now we're a dealership for envision um i'm trying to add pulsar and i'd like to add treasure i really wanted to add fleur uh until they pulled out of the market (laughs) yeah so BossThermal.com is going to be where that's housed but on facebook it's boss predator acoustics and uh you know, right at the top, at the pinned at the top is um, the three packs that I currently have out. I'll probably be adding another one uh, this summer. I'll be coming out with some pup sounds. And then in fall, we'll be going in because, you know, um, coyotes have to put on, they got to put on fat and they got to put on weight and they got to grow their guard hair and get their hair thickened up. That takes calories. So during the fall and into winter, you know, that's, that's when Prey starts turning on pretty hot, and so we'll probably be coming out with some Prey sounds then as well. And um, okay. so is, you'll see updates on that page if you're if you're curious or interested.
0: Okay. And is your pricing still the same? Is it okay to throw that out there?
1: Heck yeah! I okay. try to keep things. I'll be straight with you. A lot of guys are telling me, "Hey man, your sounds are." Way below what you yeah, could sell them for for the sound, and they quality, just think that I'm undercutting. They're dirt cheap, undercutting for myself. Good quality What's that?
0: Yeah, the sound for. I think that's a something I want to bring to people's attention is is I know a lot of people don't buy sounds like aftermarket ones because some of them are really expensive, um, and, and some of them the, the the expensive ones are really good. But yours, I use them personally, so I can I can vouch for them because <laughs> I personally have um the slaughter pack and i use a few of those on almost every stand um there's there's one called trashy that i use quite a bit um there's a psycho one i use quite a bit like so but what i wanted to tell people is the the pack i got was 24 sounds for 20 dollars that's why I want to make sure the pricing was still the same, but that's less than a yeah. dollar a sound. You're not going to find anywhere else. Good quality sounds that bring dogs in that you can kill with for less than a dollar a sound. Um, I know you got another one that's $21 for 21 sounds. So right at a dollar, a sound. So I encourage people to go to boss predator acoustics and look at the sounds. Um, you won't be disappointed. I know I, I use them and, uh, I just wanted to throw that out there for you that it's a good, especially for people getting started. If I, I tell people if you're going to get any sound pack, at least start with yours because um, it's it's good stuff. And I think some people may dismiss it a little bit because of the low price, and that's a complete myth. Um, man, they're they're killer sounds. That uh, well, I'm I sure appreciate you could it. Yeah, like I uh,
1: I I really hate to put out duds. I make sure everything works. I just because I. I couldn't bear to sell something to a fella if it didn't do its job. And so I just, I really, I'm not going to come out with, you know, like some guys, they produce sounds and just keep cranking them out. And that's not who I am. I'm going to try to produce uh, a fairly good pack. And okay. I try to diversify. I I do take into account uh, what guys ask for. You're going to notice a lot of aggressive sounds in my, my calls. And maybe we can do another podcast on that is how to use aggressive sounds on non-aggressive coyotes because a lot of guys i was talking about um in the earlier podcast how guys in michigan said if they use anything more than interrogation how they lose those coyotes well i there's some methodology you can use to take and use aggressive sounds and do some redirects that can can still can really effectively bring in non-aggressive coyotes to aggressive sounds and 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 that's something that i do quite often it it accounts for about 33 percent of my kills and uh so, but, um, we'll definitely do I another do love, episode on that Our with season, that
0: we'll definitely do have you on for another episode for that. Our season one is, is basic kind of introductory stuff. And then season two, which we're going to be releasing, um, late summer is going to be more advanced stuff. So we would love to have you back for, uh, season two, and this is going to go on for more seasons. Um, but, well, uh, yeah, we'd love to get into some, uh, tap into some of your knowledge for the more advanced stuff as well
1: well i'd be happy to come back so i sure appreciate you having me today
0: i appreciate it as well um so one more time uh you guys need to find me on facebook boss predator acoustics and uh, james thank you for your time i really appreciate it
1: hey well thank you jeff for inviting me on and uh you know um you know feel free to touch base anytime i'd be happy to help out or or at least pass on kind of my thoughts uh because everybody's got a different opinion and there i think don't think there's any right way to call i think guys get locked into you know um like this is right or this is wrong i see that a lot on facebook and social media is is that oh this is the way to do it oh no this is the way to do it no this is the way to do it and and my feeling is is the way if if a guy's doing it successfully well, then he's found something that works for him, and, and each guy is going to kind of find his own kind of zone and, and the right. things that are successful, and, and I think it's about just taking the pieces and parts that work for you and building on those, and, uh, you know, you're going to put down more coyotes, Absolutely. so just, uh, uh, you know, I'm glad guys are listening to this stuff. I'm just really glad, you know, you're taking time to produce, because I think uh, it'd be It had been awesome to have this when I first started coyote hunting. (laughs) I would have loved to have something like this.
0: Well, hopefully we're helping people out. James, thank you a bunch for your time. I really appreciate it.
1: You bet, brother. You take care.
0: Thanks.